Good morning and welcome once again to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to the series entitled, Why? Why? We're looking at answers to a lot of uh, well-asked, multiple-asked questions about God and, and life. Uh, last week, uh, we looked at the question, why don't I always feel God? And we explored some of the things that, that God's word has to say and some encouragements on, on how we can make sure that we're in a close walk and a close relationship with him. In future weeks, we'll, we'll examine probably the biggest why question that you've probably asked and no doubt you've heard asked. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or, you know, why do bad things happen to me? Or why do good things happen to bad people? In other words, I just don't understand all of these things. We'll look at some other why questions few weeks uh, next month in June will be Pentecost Sunday we'll be taking a look at some of the why questions about the Holy Spirit but as I mentioned we're looking at prayer and, and one of the the common questions when it comes to prayer is this why didn't God or why doesn't God answer my prayers you ever had that thought you ever had that question I've prayed and it doesn't seem like sometimes those prayers are being answered. Now, looking out on the audience, uh, the, the congregation here, this, this is a congregation of spiritual giants, so I'm sure you've never had that happen, right? Where you pray and it feels like your prayers bounce off the ceiling and come back like a pinball. But I bet you know someone who has. Or maybe if we're honest, we just simply say, yeah, sometimes it, it feels like that. We pray for something, we know that God can or, or we feel like he should answer the prayer and for whatever reason, it, it doesn't seem to be answered. And maybe as a result, you get a little bit rattled. You're praying for salvation of a loved one. I mean, that's, that's a great, great prayer and maybe that individual's not surrendered and turned their heart or their life to Jesus Christ. Maybe we've prayed for a healing Healing in your own body, healing in somebody in your family, and rather than getting better, it seemed like they got worse. They say, why, God? Why didn't you answer this prayer? You pray for provision. You pray for a job. You pray for relationships. You, you pray for so many different things, and it seems like things are not happening. Or maybe if we're honest, maybe you'd say that there's a, a little bit of resentment that sometimes creeps in. Because maybe you look around to some other people and it looks like they're not faced with the challenges you are. And you say, well, why, God? Why do I got to go through these things and they're not? Why does it seem like their prayers get answered and mine don't? Resentment. Maybe you look at individuals who aren't Christians and say, why are their lives seemingly so easy? And, and my life as a Christian, why am I faced with all these things? Uh, shouldn't you be answering my prayers? But it seems like, oh, everything they have or, or want, they get. So we're going to be looking at some potential and possible biblical reasons on this. Now, understand this. You, you'll understand this super, super well. Your pastor is not God. 
So I cannot declare to you why God has not answered your specific prayers. What we can do is take a look at biblical answers. Here's some biblical principles when it comes to prayers and seeking and asking and knocking and believing for God to answer. So these are some kind of standard and general biblical scriptures we're going to be looking at. And, and already we've had a, uh, an eventful morning. We'll just leave it at that. Um, there's so much to share that we're, this is going to probably be a two or a three-parter. So we'll, we'll get, uh, there's a direction I think we're going to be able to, to finish with today. We're going to close with an opportunity of giving you uh, the chance to come. Uh, we're going to lay hands upon you, anoint you with oil, and believe that God's going to heal or provide or direct or encourage. We're going to have an opportunity of prayer at the conclusion of the service. But this, this is going to be some biblical principles when it comes to prayers. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to give you some good news. Somebody say good news. Good news is this. You're not alone. Next slide, please. Good news is you're not alone. So I want you to say it with me loud and clear. I'm not alone on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. If you feel like you're alone because, man, my prayers aren't getting answered, you're not alone. Sometimes we look around and we think, I'm the only one it's happening to. I mean, everyone else has their prayer answered. I mean, every one of those teachers, it seems like things are just going great. Or, or maybe if I was a board member, boy, all my prayers would be answered. Well, if I was the pastor, every single prayer would be answered. How many of you know there are leaders and teachers with prayers not answered? Board members with prayers not answered. Your pastor with a lot of prayers not answered. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, my prayers have not been answered, you're not alone. You're in good company. In fact, take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. This is a book written by Paul the Apostle. He wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament or so. Pretty powerful man of God. He was Saul, changed and, and, and used of God in a mighty way, changed his name to Paul. Paul went through all kinds of incredible things. He, he suffered mightily. He served God faithfully. He wrote many books of the Bible. And yet, check out what he writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, scholars are divided and conflicted as to what specifically Paul's thorn in the flesh was. I mean, you can, you can go and, and explore commentaries. You can go and explore websites. And there are a lot of different potential possibilities. Some, some will say it was about opposition. He had a, a lot of opposition that came against him, which was true. Some will say it was about individual people and, and there were some uh, specific individuals that he commented who have done him harm or, or who have opposed. So that could potentially be true. Or oppression or physical ailments. Many would think it had to have something to do physically with his eyes. So there's a lot of things that this could be. Paul doesn't say exactly what it is, but he says that there was this thorn in the flesh that tormented him. Verse 8 
three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times. Some of you would say, that's light work. I've been, I've been praying about something for three weeks, three months, three years, three decades or more. But here's the Apostle Paul, mighty man of God, multiple times asking that this particular thing, this thorn would be removed. Verse 9, but he, the Lord, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I mean, think about that. If Paul the apostle were here today and he called you forward and said, we're going to have an opportunity for a prayer line, how many of you would want to come forward and say, hey, I wouldn't mind Paul the apostle praying for me? Mighty man of God, right? And yet he prayed, he asked multiple times, God, would you answer this prayer, remove this thorn in the flesh, remove this thing, whatever. We we gave you some possibilities of what that could be. That prayer was not answered. So if you're here this morning, you're listening, and you're saying, my prayer's not been answered, or maybe some of my prayers or a lot of my prayers have not been answered, The good news is, you and I, we're not alone. That happens in life. So that is basically the question, why then? I mean, Paul had had prayers that were not answered. Your pastor, your board, your, your leaders, you yourselves, why are sometimes our prayers not answered? Again, only God truly knows and is able to 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 discern that we're going to look at some biblical principles about prayer about seeking god and we're going to look at some ideas about that today why doesn't god answer my prayers here's a number one maybe for you maybe it's because of broken relationships we're going to look at three brief types of broken relationships first of all broken relationships as in there is no relationship with god You have zero relationship with God. You're not a Christian. Maybe you've not asked him to cleanse and to forgive and and to make things right in your life, and yet you're saying, God, move in my life. There's a lot of promises in in Scripture about, about answers to prayer. How many of them are promises and answers about the unbeliever, Look at the Old Testament about all these nations who were against God and anti-God. How many promises that say, I will go to the heathens and hear? There's a lot of promises about the godly and the righteous and those that seek after and follow. Does that mean that this is the magic formula? No, we're not talking magic formulas today. But there are a lot of promises to the believer Check this out, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. There's principles here. God's looking out for and listening for and desiring to hear and answer the godly prayers. 
Now, lots of good questions. Does that mean God answers every prayer of every righteous person? We just covered that and we've said no. Many of you who know God and have incredible relationships with God, you'd say, I've had prayers that have not been answered. Apostle Paul, who was used mightily by God, had his prayer not answered. So it doesn't mean that if you're a Christian, it's an automatic yes. Let's also be careful and understand that if you're a non-Christian, does that mean it's an automatic no? Does God sometimes hear and answer even an unbeliever's prayer? God is gracious and merciful and loving. Can God choose to answer an unbeliever's prayer? The answer is yes, he can. He's God. He's sovereign. He's able to do that. But the promises of Scripture, the truths of the Word of God are for those who are in right restoration, right relationship, right fellowship with him. So it's a great first principle to make sure, number one, that we've got a relationship with him. But when it comes to broken relationships, maybe you've got a broken relationship with God. A broken relationship with God. Next one, please. Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The psalmist David's writing about this. We talked a little bit last week about, you know, this uh, sometimes sensing and feeling uh, God's presence, and we, and we wonder why. And we say that sometimes sin can creep into our lives and kind of be built up in this this barrier between us and the Lord. Maybe you've got a relationship with him. You've, you've established that with him, but maybe we've allowed that relationship to kind of falter or be broken down. We've allowed sin to creep in and form that barrier in our lives. We've got to confess, repent, and restore that relationship. Now, again, does this mean it's an automatic? Okay, if I ask God to cleanse me, if I ask God to forgive me, it's an automatic green light, baby, for anything I ask. We're not talking in automatics here. God's still the one able to meet and supply and heal and provide. It's up to him. But the biblical principles are encouraging us, number one, to make sure we've got a relationship with God. Number two, that it's a close and, and a restored relationship with God. So maybe it's that some people don't have a relationship with God or that it's a broken relationship with God. The next one, sometimes it's that there's a broken relationship with others. A broken relationship with others. Here's, here's what Mark Chapter 11, verses 24 and 25 say, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believing you have received it, it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Verse 24, he's talking about praying. And then he says, as you're standing there praying, if there's something not right, you and somebody else, go make it right. Again, 
Does this mean magic formula? Okay, there's something between me and a friend, something between me and a family member, something between me and a neighbor, and, and I just go and I get it right, and that means God's automatically going to answer my prayer. None of these things are automatic guarantees, but there's some good principles. The relationships that we have matter. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 says something rather similar. Basically says, we can't say that we love God if we what? Hate our brother. I can see you. I can't see God. If I say I love God who I can't see, but then there's someone that drives me crazy and irritates me, and I say I hate you, that, there's that relationship there that's, that's not quite right. It's going to hinder my relationship with God. So he's saying that relationships matter. Make sure that we've got a relationship with God. Not a guarantee, but the principles are he hears and answers and desires to bless his children. Make sure you've got a relationship with God. Make sure it's a right relationship, not a broken one with God. And if there are some things that are in, in our lives and relationships with others, let's mend and repair and strengthen them. That, that relationship one with another, strengthen them to make sure that our relationship with God is right. Why doesn't God answer our prayers? Perhaps sometimes it's a part of broken relationships. Secondly, here's a good one. Why doesn't God answer our prayers? Maybe you haven't prayed. Now, doesn't that seem like the ultimate duh kind of statement? We're, we're assuming that we pray, right? When we say, why doesn't God answer my prayers? We're assuming that we are praying. But what if we haven't been? And we just simply say, why isn't God doing what I want him to do? Maybe we've not spent time with God in prayer. We're encouraged to pray. We're encouraged to ask. We're encouraged to seek. We're encouraged to knock. To seek after and to pursue God. Maybe there's a lot that's been on your heart and a lot of needs and you simply assume or believe or think, but you've not gone to God and ask. Here's what James chapter 4 verse 2 says. Second part of the verse says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, in, in different parts in Scripture, he talks about himself as the, the heavenly father, and, and certainly there's some parallels between uh, parenting. It, he is the, the ultimate and the perfect and the mighty God, heavenly father, but uh, there's some parallels. I love my girls. I desire to bless, and, and I desire to, to be a, a loving, uh, guiding father for them. Now, when they were little... It's really, really easy to please and to bless little ones. Can I get an amen? All right. When you got a little one, I mean, you just walk the toy aisle or Toys R Us when I was in business, right? 
you would just roam the, the aisles. And you'd say, oh, this looks great. Oh, they'd love this. Oh, she'd love that. And, and you, you come up with just all kinds of possibilities, right? And, and it, it's interesting. We'll, we'll go over some of our, our old uh, family movies and home videos. We're, we're kind of transferring them from the little mini uh, DV tapes onto disc. And, and so we, we're behind a little bit, but we're watching them young. And whether it's birthday or Christmas, they open up some of these gifts. And we're, you know, we don't always remember everything we've gotten. And we look at that, and it's kind of a simple little gift. But as a simple little kid, they go, oh, thank you, Mommy. Thank you, Daddy. And there's a couple little ones with Autumn was cute. She'd open up something. She'd never seen it before, but she goes, oh, it's just what I've always wanted. Yeah, she's like five. It's what I've always wanted as if, you know, her entire life. It's pretty easy when it's a, a little one. It's, it's toys and it's, you know, princessy kind of stuff and stuffed animals. Well, they're getting a little older now, right? The oldest one just became a teenager. How is that possible? 13. The younger one, here in a few weeks, is getting double digits. It's going to be 10. Yeah. And no longer can you just kind of roam the toy aisle at Walmart and, and pick up a little toy. So many times, you know, when it comes to birthday or Christmas, We'll ask them for a list. What are some things that you might like? No promise, no guarantee you're going to get it, but we want kind of an idea of what some of the things are that you might like. You know, it could be gift cards to this or that. It could be certain items of this or that. And we'll just say, just, just put some stuff down. And, and at times, you know, they'll, they'll put something on there and, and they think there's no way that mom or dad would ever get me this, but I'm, I'll put it on there anyway. Maybe we're able to, to find a really good deal and, and we're find, able to find something. Our heart is to bless and give and provide and supply. When they say, hey, mom and dad, I, I would love to have this. My heart as a dad says, I want to bless. I want to give. If there's any way possible, I want to try to make that a reality. Now, understand, it's not exactly the same with God. I mean, he's perfect in all of his ways, and I'm certainly not. But he does love to, to bless his kids, right? His children. Now, does that mean, again, everything we put on our list just automatically is going to be answered by God? doesn't mean that. But again, the principle, many, many scriptures, many, many verses in the word of God that encourage us to make our requests known to the Lord. Now, it, it seems so obvious we say, well, why hasn't God answered my prayers? Maybe, just maybe, we've not prayed. I know, you say, well, there's a scripture. He knows what I would need or want even before I ask. I understand. But ask, seek, knock, and then trust in him. Now, there's things, when our kids ask us, there will be things we might just say, mm, I don't know that that's the, the appropriate gift or I'm not sure that this is the appropriate time, but 
we kind of keep that in mind. We, we want to do what's best for our kids. And I believe God desires to bless us as his children. Why perhaps are some of our prayers not answered? Maybe we're not asking. Maybe we're not coming to God and seeking for him to meet those needs. Number three, why might some of those prayers go unanswered? Maybe we're praying with wrong motives. If you're in James chapter 4 and you looked up verse 2, if you go to the very next verse, James 4, 3 says this, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Many times we're asking with wrong motives. We're asking for stuff that's really about us and self and pleasure. Oh, we like things for us. Be like the, uh, the individuals who would uh, say, Oh God, bless me, I pray. Help me win the lottery. Guide me, Lord Jesus, with the numbers as I go to the casino. And we'll get all, all spiritual about it. I'll tithe if I win, God. What are we saying? God, I want to I wanna foolishly gamble all my, money, all my money away, but somehow bless me, I pray. Because I, re I really want all this stuff for me, but I, I might maybe give you a little something. There's all kinds of other things where we, we pray and we say, God bless or God provide or God answer this prayer. And many times it, it can be a, a self-centered, selfish kind of prayer wrong motives there's a lot of things that we ask for and we think man these are some very very good things they might be good things but what are the motives behind it truly only God knows Pharisees in, in Bible days there were some individuals who were very spiritual very faithful to pray but many times they were praying with the wrong motives right the Pharisees, they would go out on the street corner and they would pray long, fancy, impressive prayers. Why? Ultimately, they wanted to be seen by men. It, it was a little bit of a pride issue, a little bit of a selfish issue, a little bit of, of pleasing me. Is praying a good thing? Yeah. Praying in public a good thing? Praying on the street corner a good thing? All, all good things. The motive behind it wasn't necessarily right. So sometimes perhaps in our lives, we're praying for things or asking for things and we think, man, this is a great, great thing. Maybe the motives behind it aren't quite right. Again, I'm not the judge of that. You're not the judge of that. You want to know who is? Here's what Proverbs 16.2 says. All a person's ways seem pure to them. That's the truth. All of our ways, all of our desires, all of our thoughts, all of our prayers are pure. We're pure. Everybody else is impure. We're right. Everybody else is wrong. Basically what it's saying. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. 
Ultimately, it's God. It's God who really knows whether your prayer is right and godly and pure, whether the the motive is, is pure and correct. He's the judge. That's another potential reason why maybe sometimes our prayers aren't answered, our motives are not right. Finally, this will be the last one we take a look at this morning. Why doesn't God answer our prayers at times? Maybe because we don't believe that God can or will. Now, we've got to be very careful here. So remind me, in a few moments, a few minutes, we're going to circle back around to the caution that we're going to be taking a look at. But perhaps we don't have the the faith or trust that God can do or will do what we've asked. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, we see a father who has a son possessed with an evil spirit. He comes to Jesus. He describes his son, all that's taken place. And when the evil spirit sees Jesus, the word of God says, it throws him into a convulsion. The boy falls to the ground, rolls around, and he's foaming at the mouth. The father basically tells Jesus, at times, uh, this, this spirit's you know, thrown him into the fire, thrown him into the water uh, to burn him, to drown him. I mean, it, it's incredible. And he basically asked Jesus, if you can do anything, please help. Jesus responds in verse 23, if you can, question mark, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is, what, what, I'm sorry, what was that word? Everything is what? Say a little louder. Possible. Did Jesus say everything is guaranteed? No. There's part of that caution. Everything is possible to him who believes. So I believe faith is important. Trusting and believing in God is important. Everything is possible. Not definite, not absolute, but possible to him who believes. Over and over in Scripture, Jesus said it was done to them in accordance with their faith. Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He said, if you've got faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed. Man, wouldn't that be something? Go out to the Smoky Mountains on vacation and say, mountain, be removed. It becomes the, the flatlands of Kansas or something. I mean, that would, that, would be, that would be a trip, wouldn't it? So I believe, certainly, faith is important and, and faith matters. Sometimes there's a lot of individuals as Christians who really don't trust or believe that God can or will. It's like the classic story you've probably heard. The pastor was upset because there was a bar in town doing incredible business selling all kinds of alcohol As a result, the pastor called a church-wide prayer meeting, and they're going to pray against the bar, believe that 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 bar is going to somehow shut down, the business is going to shut down so that that lives won't be wrecked or, or, or affected by that. One day later, lightning struck the bar and burned to the ground. So as a result, the bar owner sued the church. 
So they're standing before the judge, and the judge said, what happened? The bar owner said, this pastor and his congregation prayed, and because of their prayers, God struck us with lightning. And the judge turns to the pastor, and the pastor's like, no, 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 no. We didn't mean anything by that. It was, it was just a, you know, a harmless prayer meeting. That's not why lightning struck. Can't blame it on us. It's not our fault. And the bar owner said, yes, it is. The pastor said, no, it's not. The judge turned and looked at both of them and said, I can't believe what I'm hearing. We've got a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. Unfortunately, maybe there's many individuals, even as Christians, maybe it's lip service prayer where they say, okay, I'll pray. Maybe I'll fill out a little prayer request. Here in a couple of moments when the service is, is almost over and they call me forward, yeah, maybe I'll go forward, but, you know, nothing's happened yet. Probably nothing will happen today. Do you truly believe that God can? He is powerful enough. Nothing is too big for God. Do you believe that he will? God is able to meet your need. Now, again, it's not up to me. In just a little bit, when we close, I'm going to pray. We're going to invite our board and wives to come. We're going to pray together. We're going to believe that God's going to do that. But it's not up to us. I mean, if it was up to us, what would we do? Yes, 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 yes. Yes to your prayer. Yes, yes. You get a yes. You get a yes. You get a yes. Everybody gets a yes. Everybody gets your prayer answered. I can't be the one that answered prayers. But I can pray. I can trust in God. God can and God will. I believe that. Because I believe how we pray and, and that attitude in prayer is just as important as what we pray. James says it this way in chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So we're going to circle back around to the caution I promised you earlier. The caution is this. We've got to be balanced in this topic. Because there are many out there, and there's kind of a, a teaching called the Word of Faith teaching that says, if you've got the faith, your prayer will be answered. If your prayer is not answered, either A, you didn't have faith, or B, you just didn't have enough faith. You need more faith. The problem with that is it puts the, the reason for prayers being answered on you. It's your fault. Because you didn't trust, or you didn't believe, or, or maybe you had this much faith, but God really said you needed this much faith. It's saying, if I trust and believe and have faith, I'm making God do what I want him to do. That's not how that works. God's sovereign. He's able to move and bless and heal and provide. So there's got to be the balance. Is faith important? Yes, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Have the faith to trust and believe that God can and that God will. But is it ultimately you or me that if I have faith, it's a guaranteed yes? No. 
If I just had a little more faith, it'd be a guaranteed yes. Be cautious. Just because we have faith doesn't mean God has to say yes. Oh, they're coming to me in faith. My hands are tied behind my back. I have to say yes. God's still overall able to see. He sees everything we don't. At times, he heals. Sometimes he doesn't. At times, he provides. Sometimes he doesn't. But that's up to him. Not whether I had faith the level of a four or faith the level of a five. So a balance. Come to God. Trust in God. Believe in God. Have confidence in God. Why doesn't he answer prayer? Sometimes we don't believe that he can or we don't believe that he will. And maybe we just come and we pray a, a prayer but we're just kind of going through the motions. Just a moment, we're going we're gonna to give an opportunity to come and to respond. We've looked at a handful of things. Why doesn't God answer prayers? Sometimes it's a result of those broken relationships. We don't have one with God. That relationship is broken with God. That relationship is broken with others. Maybe we've, we've got wrong motives. We don't believe God can or he will. Maybe we've just simply not prayed.